0: Series on Christmas dreaming. I know it's been a little unusual. It's been unusual for me to preach it, uh, but I felt uh, directed in my heart to do it because I know that when we come down to one year and getting ready for another, sometimes we we need our dream to be revived and God's plan and God's desires in our hearts to be renewed. And I've been talking about this. One of the things that I thought of this just. Actually, it was just this morning, it just seems like to me the older you get, the more tendency there is to lose your dream, to um, not dream like you used to dream. You know, when you were a kid, you used to do a lot of daydreaming, a lot of pretending, and that was childlike behavior, I understand that. But sometimes in our lives, as we get older, we get a little bit more calloused, a little bit more... um, You know, we kind of just settle into life and accept things as they happen, and we lose that edge of potential and that edge of dreaming again. But I want to remind you what David said. David said something like this. He said, when I was being uh, woven together in my mother's womb, he said, all the days of my life were written in your book, and you, you had a destiny for me. Not to say or not to imply that every action I took was God's will, but in spite of the fact that I maybe took wrong turns in my life, God still had a plan for my life. And Paul the Apostle said something similar in the book of Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. He said that in Christ we are now God's handiwork. We have become a new creation. We are God's work of art. And God has designed us and destined us for good works, which, he says, long before you ever were, he prepared them for you. And so, here's what we need to always remember about life. Life is more uh, uh, existing, or our existence is more than just about merely existing. God has a plan, God has a purpose, God has a destiny for our lives, and God sometimes wraps up what we call, and gives it to us, the gifts of dreams, and the gifts of possibilities. And over the last few weeks we've been talking about that, we took a look at Mary, and how God conceived in her the dream of bringing forth the Messiah for the world, and uh, what God does in her, and what God did in her, is what He wants to do in every one of us. He wants Christ. To become a part of our dreams so that whatever we do in the earth today, people are encountering the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, can I get a good amen out there? Amen. And then last week we talked about Joseph and how Joseph had dreams, but his dream turned into a, what it felt like initially a nightmare, and uh, we talked about the nightmare before Christmas. Today, I want to conclude this series <clears throat> by looking at Simeon in uh, Luke chapter 2, and I've entitled this message, Don't Let Your Dreams Die. Would you say those words with me? Don't let your dreams die. Now turn to somebody and tell them, don't let your dreams die. Come on, tell somebody. So we're going to come out of Luke chapter 2. Excuse me, I've got a little bit of a frog going on up here. Just in time for Muppet Christmas. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right, Luke chapter 2. It says, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, Simeon took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all the peoples, a light to bring revelation. to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Verse 33 says, And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. That's the reading of God's word. Let's pray. Father, I need you to help me get my throat clear. And um, we just pray, God, for your anointing in this place today. Speak to us by your word, we pray in Jesus' name, and everybody says amen. So, in our fallen world, in our fallen and broken world, everything pretty much dies. Eventually, physically, if the Lord should tarry, all of us in this room are going to die. Unfortunately, not saying that it has to, but oftentimes, our love dies. Like Jesus said in the last days, the love of many will grow cold. So love dies. Love can die. It doesn't have to. But if we allow it to, it can. Um, sometimes as Christians, our devotional life of Bible reading and prayer dies. It's awfully quiet in here. Sometimes our commitment to attending church Dies. There are lots and lots of Christians in the city of Butte, Montana that haven't darkened the doors of a church for years. What happened? Their commitment to gathering together with the saints of God has died. I'm not saying they're going to hell, I'm just saying their commitment to the body of Christ has died. Jesus said to a church in the book of Revelation, he says you have a reputation that you're alive. Now listen, this is what Jesus said. But I know you're dead. He said those words to a church. <clears throat> you appear to be alive. <clears throat> Excuse me, you're going through the motions of all your christianity, but there's no life, there's no vitality, there's it, you, it's like you're laying there comatose on a on a sick bed. You look like you're alive, but Jesus said, really, you're dead. Wow, that's crazy. The Lord said that. Well, if things like that die, a lot of times what happens, our dreams die. Our passions and our desires die. And it's kind of like what the Bible talks about, hope deferred makes the heart sick. If you're sick with the sense of hopelessness and dreamlessness for long enough, They're gonna die. That dream's gonna die. I love Benjamin Franklin. He said most men die at 25, but they're buried at 70. (laughs) That means they gave up on their desires, they gave up on their dreams, they gave up on their passions long before they physically gave up the ghost. That's not living. That's not the abundant life that Jesus came to impart to every one of us. That baby in a cradle grew up, became our Lord and Savior, died and rose again and ever lives to make intercession for us, that we would be a people with desire and passion and dream and fortitude. Amen. So we're not here to live lives of quiet desperation We're here to live lives of dreams and destiny, right? This brings us to Simeon. Simeon received a promised dream from God that he would not die until he saw the Christ. And in a sense, I know it's a play on words, but His passion and his dream was the driving force in his life. And because he was not going to die until he saw that, it just felt like, don't let your dreams die. God's got something in store for you. He wants you to live while you're alive. But you and I cannot let the dream, the passion, the desire die. It doesn't have to. You can allow it to die if you want to, but you don't have to let it die. Amen. And so I want to talk about this. Now, I'm going to get back to Simeon here in just a few moments, and this idea about how to keep our dreams alive. But before I do, I want to start first of all, let's just discuss for a moment why dreams do in fact die. How how is it that we had a dream, we had a desire, we had a longing, we had a passion in our heart, but it died? Now, one of the things that I see in scripture, and this is something that happens quite often in scriptures, is that God will show up and he will put a dream, a passion, a desire in a person's heart. You read through the Bible, you see what he, he, how he does this, and I could give you a lot of examples, but let's just focus on Abraham for a second. God put a dream, a purpose, a desire in Abraham's heart, and, and, and God uh, implanted that on the inside of him. But every time that God did did that in the Bible, it seemed as though the purpose or the dream that God put within people's hearts seemed to disappear. It's like he said this, and then that didn't happen, at least right away, right up front, right? And so it seemed like it was just a figment of their imagination. But God didn't remove his promise, but sometimes they acted and felt like it wasn't going to happen. Now what God does, and this is what he did with Abraham, he gave Abraham insight to the long-range plan of God. What God was going to do. He gave him insight. Everybody say insight. But here's what he didn't give him. Oversight. That's not how God works. Darn it. He gives you insight of the destiny, of the dream, of the passion. But he doesn't give you oversight so that you see, oh, here's how it's going to work. It's going to start here, and it's going to go here, and it's going to happen here. No, 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 that's not the way God works. God doesn't give us an overview. Here's, how, here's the view God gives us, the open-door view. It just, there, there's the door that opens up, and what I see is what I see, but I can't focus on what I see. I've got to focus on what is unseen. Come on out there, are you with me? And so here's where it's the process of walking through the open door view of life. That's where we sometimes lose our dream, our dream dies in the process. And so, how does that happen specifically? Well, we die, or our dreams sometimes die, because of prolonged spiritual warfare, and I would call it battle fatigue. The battle rages on, and sometimes standing our ground in the evil day can be very, very difficult, and battle fatigue is that emotional or mental stress that happens to a warrior, over that's been in the throngs of prolonged combat and it, and it stresses them out and they're wore out and they're not oftentimes in their right mind. I don't know if you know this, but sometimes you're just a little bit crazy. Amen. And what happens to us is that we Sometimes the dream dies because the war rages on. And here's what I want you to know about the dream of God in your heart. All of hell is going to come against the desire and the plan of God for your life. Just because you had this dream and desire, don't think you're just going to wake up and there it is. There's going to be warfare coming against you to prevent you and me walking in God's plan and purpose. And seeing the fulfillment of what God wants to see in our lives. Amen. I know how to take care of a cleared throat. You just yell a lot. (laughs) Paul encouraged Timothy. He said, we live in perilous days. And so he said to him, you're going to have to wage the good warfare in these troublesome times, in these difficult days that you live in. And you feel the warfare. You feel the heat of the battle. You you come under spiritual attack in your life. Don't get battle fatigued and give up your dream. Hang in there. I love what what Paul said to Timothy. 2 Timothy 2, verse 3, Paul says to him, you therefore must Read this with me. Endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Here's how you make it through to the fulfillment of the dream and the plan of God. Endure. (laughs) Amen. You guys feeling okay? Merry Christmas. That's one reason why the dream dies, battle fatigue. Another one is doubts. The nagging doubts about ourselves, the thoughts we think about ourselves, our inadequacies, our shortcomings. Just go ahead and accept it. You're not all that. But what you do sometimes is you beat yourself down and you, and you, you let these thoughts, these nagging doubts get in your mind and if we allow that for long enough, if we think that way long enough, we're going we're gonna to think our way right out of our dreams. We struggle with negative self-talk. I know you talk to yourself. Amen. <laughs> hey, and And it would be rated at least PG for a lot of us the things that we say to ourselves, the negative self-talk, the discouraging comments from other people. To keep on dreaming when we're, to to keep the dream alive, so to speak, we're going to have to pull a David, and sometimes we're going to have to stop and encourage ourselves in the Lord. Stop beating yourself up because of your weaknesses and those frailties in your life. We all have them. Accept that reality Don't beat yourself down and don't allow the words and the comments of other people to stop you from what God has called you to. Don't don't embrace those doubts. Amen. We can't be a dreamer and a doubter at the same time. And we have to at some point, like James said, James says the person who is doubting is like the waves of the sea that are tossed and in turmoil by the winds of adversity. And he said, that's double-mindedness, and we can't accept or we can't believe that we're going to receive from God if that's the, what we're going to embrace in our mindset. We, gotta, we have to be stable in the Lord. And even in my weakness, just know, God is good, and I may not be great, but I'm not as bad as I make myself out to be. Amen. So that's but doubts doubts can rob us of our dream. Here's another one, fears. Fears can cause the dream to die. Now we know that God has not given us a spirit of fear. Can I get a good Christian amen? But we still allow it. Amen. I'll say amen for you. We know God has not given us the spirit of fear. Why is it that we always go back to it? We live with the fear of failure. What if it doesn't work? What if my dream is, no, what if this dream that I have doesn't work? We live with that dream. Here, we also live with the dream of success. What if it does work? (laughs) Now What? We live with the fear, we live with the fear, uh, fear Sorry, of opinions. We've, we live with the fear of rejection. What if people don't like my dream? What if people think my dream is dumb? What, do, what, what if people don't agree with my dream? We also live with the fear of what's it going to cost me? That's a big one. Because you know, if you want to get to the dream and the desire of God, sometimes it's going to cost you some level of comfort. And I live in America, and I know how we are. We like our comfort. Amen. Amen. COVID has tested us, but we have still found a way. To not work, and somehow still get paid. We 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 love our comfort. Come on now, are we having fun now? So those are here. Let me give you a couple more. I I can't I get can't tarry long, but I I probably will. Here's another reason why dreams die: disappointment in life. Disappointment. See, some of us grow weary of trying because we see minimal results. Life, here's what I've discovered about life. Life is very incremental. That's what I've discovered. It, it comes, you might get a burst here and there. You might get a jolt here and there, but it's mostly incremental. But, We try and we grow weary in the process of such minimal results and it disappoints us because it's too hard. It's taking too long. Got it going on and it doesn't seem worth it. And we look at everybody who's got it going on and we think they're an overnight success. They're not an overnight success. Amen. The only overnight successes are people who win the lottery, and most of them don't know how to handle it. (laughs) And they aren't very successful with it. Amen. Paul said in Galatians 6 and 9, let us not grow weary. Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season, everybody say due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. We're not supposed to grow weary. But we do. To see our dreams fulfilled, we've got to keep planting the seeds toward the dream. Here's what you need, and these are just a couple of ideas, quick ideas. Here's when you're you know, just everyday planting dream seeds, if you will, or planting into the purpose, in the, in the desire and the passion of God for your life, planting those seeds. Here's what you need to know. You don't reap in the season you sow. Just never forget that. You don't reap in the season you sow. And you sow or you reap more than you sowed. Hang in there, hold on to that truth. And hopefully we won't get disappointed in the process. One more, one more reason why dreams die, and it's this, because it's the wrong dream. Now, some dreams that we have are not God's dream or God's desire, and they probably should die. right cuz you don't want it if it's not if it's not god it may be good but if it's not god you don't want that right and so sometimes we have to go through the process where things die because they're not from god if it's not a it could be a good thing but if it's not a god thing that doesn't work i love psalms 37 verses 4 and 5 this is david David said delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. So what we see in those two verses of scripture is God gives us desires of the heart and he will bring what he does in us to pass. But notice, go back to verse 4, if you would, Liz. It says that delight yourself also in the Lord. Then he will give you the desires of your heart. It's not get your desires and then give God delight for it, it's delight yourself first. And as you cozy up to God and as you get closer to the Lord, he starts to put in you his heart. Amen. That word delight means to be delicate or dainty. No man I know likes that scripture. (laughs) I want my wife to be delicate and dainty. Me? Be delicate? It literally carries the idea of be pliable. Be workable. Delight yourself. God. It's not my way, it's your way. It's not what I want, it's what you want. And as I delight myself, he puts his desires in me. And then as I continue to commit all my ways to him, he brings it about. But listen, if it's the wrong dream, you're going nowhere. Amen. Amen. And so sometimes dreams have to die Dreams die because of spiritual warfare. Dreams die because we doubt that they're real. Dreams die because we're afraid. Dreams die because of disappointment. Dreams need to die if it's not from God. So, with all that in mind, how can we keep the dream alive? That's what I want to turn to. And I want to come back to Simeon, the man that we read about in the Bible here. But before I read that, I want to show you Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12. It says, I referred to this a moment ago, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled. Man, that's great, isn't it? Simeon is a great example about a man who did not give up on the dream that God had given to him. In a sense, because he didn't die. In a sense, if you will, he didn't let the dream die. He did some things right. Simeon did. Now, we've all heard of I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Well, I want to change that to I'm dreaming of a right Christmas. And I like Simeon, There are things that he did right, that we need to do right, if we're going to see the dream stay alive and and be fulfilled. First of all, we need to have the right attitude like Simeon had. The Bible said, if you remember, we read it, that Simeon was just. Everybody say just. The word just means literally that he was observant of the laws, or that with this idea that he was godly in his character. He had a godly mindset about him. He was a very observant man to the right thing, the good thing, the God thing in his life. And so when I saw that, I thought about this idea of the right attitude. His attitude was right. He had a right attitude about life in God. So we need also, if we're going to keep the dream alive, we need to cultivate within us an attitude that is right before God, uh, that we observe our attitude, that we observe what's going on in our heart. And there's a lot of things, there's a lot of different nuances to attitude. We need to have an attitude of humility. Amen. Amen. We need to be humble about life and about where we're going, about what God is doing. We need to cultivate an attitude of humility. We need to cultivate an attitude of gratitude and be thankful, right? We need to to have an attitude of honor where we honor all men. Peter said all men and especially the king. Wow, that's in the Bible. And so we need to have an attitude of service. Be a servant-minded person. can I know you already know this, but can I just remind us all? Life is not about you. (laughs) Amen. But here's another attitude, and this is the one I want to focus on. We need to have an attitude of big faith. An attitude of big faith. Now, I'm preaching to myself. I'm glad you're here to hear me preach this to myself to have big faith you got to start with life right where you are and develop a vision of not just what could be but what should be and focus your heart on God focus your mind on the things of God and believe God and I read the other day where D.L. Moody on his deathbed spoke to his sons And he said to them, if God is your partner, then make your plans big. How many of you know that God is your partner? I know he's your father, and I know he's your master, and I know he's your Lord, but he's invited us to participate with him in making kingdom dynamics and power relevant in the earth today. And D.L. Moody understood that in his age, had all these dreams and visions and passions. And you know what? His legacy lives on today. He believed in a big God, and he went about doing big things, and still there's a D.L. Moody work on planet Earth today. I think he knew what he was talking about. That's the kind of attitude we need to have. Come on, amen out there. Are you with me? We need to up our attitude of faith and believe God. We serve a big God. I love it. If God is your partner, then make your plans big. Those were among some of his dying words. And I think we need to receive that today. So we need to have a right attitude. Here's another thing. We need to take right actions. To keep the dream alive, have a right attitude, because we're dreaming of a right Christmas, right? We need to take right action. Now I love the Bible said that he was not only just, but he was devout. Everybody say devout. Now the word devout literally means that he was careful, he was cautious, he was circumspect, and that means that he was careful about how he lived his life. He paid attention to his environment, his surroundings, and wasn't going to allow himself to step into the mess. But he was going to order his days. He was going to order his actions. He wasn't going to live how he wanted to live, then show up on Sunday and get it all right with God, so then go back and do it again Monday. He was devout. He was circumspect. He was careful and cautious. Not lacking faith, but cautious about his activities. And if you want to get to the dream, you want to get to the fulfillment, if you want to see the passion of God done in your life, you've got to take right action. Amen. Hey, man, don't get quiet on me out there. Proverbs 13, 19 says, It is pleasant to see dreams come true, but fools refuse to turn from evil to attain them. In other words, a fool doesn't see the dreams come true. Why? Because they don't operate and their actions aren't in accordance to the right way of God. We've got to set our priorities on the things of God to attain our dreams. Amen. Paul said in Galatians chapter 6, verse 5, for we are each... Responsible for our own conduct. You are responsible for the way you live your life and the things you're saying yes to and the things you're saying no to. And what you're saying yes to and no to has a lot to do with where you're ending up in life. I'm not trying to condemn anybody, but, you know, I'm up here to preach. <laughs> Amen. I got to have a little preach in me. Amen? Now, people, we people deal with their dreams in a variety of ways. Sometimes they accuse or blame others for the things that haven't happened in their life. Well, my dreams haven't come true because, you know, my ex. Whatever. You know that? You you can sit around and accuse the government. You can accuse COVID. You can accuse... Your ex, you can accuse your kids, you could accuse accuse Butte, Montana. But none of those things are things big enough to keep you from the things God has called you to. Amen. Amen. Some people not only accuse and blame, but here's another way people deal with their dreams. They excuse themselves for why it hasn't happened. Well, I don't have time. Well, once I get through this, once I get over that, once I move to this, once I get that job, once I, you know, and we're always excusing. No, remember what Paul said, we're every one of us responsible for our own conduct. But here's another way that you can handle it. You can accuse, you can excuse, or you can choose to do what it takes to see it through. Choosers take responsibility for their choices and their actions in life. Now listen, you can't control the circumstances in your world. How many of you have learned that now? You got that? That's kindergarten information right there. You can't control your circumstances, but you can control how you respond to them. Amen. Take responsibility, take the right action. This is how dreams come true. So right attitude, have the right attitude, take the right action, and then <clears throat> wait for the right time. Everybody say wait. Doesn't, isn't that just a beautiful sounding word? How many of you love that word? How many of you hate that word? The Bible said that Simeon was waiting, everybody say waiting, he was waiting for the consolation, for the comfort, for the the help to come. He was waiting. And here's what the Bible tells us. Jesus came in the fullness of time. In other words, Jesus doesn't, he didn't come on man's time. He didn't come on a prophet's time. He came on his time. When the time was right, when it was full, when it was ready. And that means everybody had to wait. Amen. And here's what. Here's what I've learned about waiting. It really exposes just how terrible I am. When I have to wait, all these thoughts and feelings come up and I blurt out things. Then I have to go back to the Lord and forgive me, God. If I would just learn to wait and not have a meltdown. Come on, i got to be talking to at least one person in this room here today. Okay, we got that. Here's what I love this verse of Scripture. It's found in Ecclesiastes. It won't come up there. Ecclesiastes says, God makes all things beautiful in its time. Not your time. <laughs> in its time. So whenever Julie is late, I should look at her when she comes in. You know what? You're even more beautiful now. Now that you took your time. (laughs) It's not possible that she could get even more beautiful, but it is. Because God makes all things beautiful in its time. If it isn't here yet, then it's not time yet. And I love this verse of Scripture, Isaiah 64, 4 says, for since the world began, no ear has heard, no eye has seen a God like you who works for those who wait for him. I've been waiting such a long time, the song said. Well, that's okay, because God's been working for a long time. Amen. And... So, while I'm waiting, God is working. And he's working it out for his glory, but also for your benefit. Amen. I, there's all kinds of scriptures in the Bible about waiting. We, the Bible talks about waiting patiently and waiting prayerfully and all, you know. But here's one I want you to read Psalm 62, verses 1 and 2. The psalmist said, I waited, I wait quietly before God, for my victory comes from him. Let me stop right there. How did he wait? Quietly. Stop whining. (laughs) Amen. Just wait quietly. Sometimes we're fussing and fighting and blaming and accusing and excusing and griping and moaning and quitting and giving up and arguing. And what you're grappling with is the weight going on in your life. But we have to choose to wait quietly. Amen. There is one final thing that I want to share with you about how to uh, dream of a right Christmas. It's not only... Uh, have a right attitude, take right action, wait for right time, but follow the right leading. That's the, the final one. Follow the right leading. Here's what the scripture said about Simeon. It said of him that the Holy Spirit was on him and that he came by the Spirit in the temple, to the temple, by the Holy Spirit, on the day that Messiah is going to be there, and this, this passage implies that the Spirit led him there that day. That day, he was led there. He probably had gone there time and again in hopes. I don't know, I don't know how he thought how this was going to happen, but on that day, the Spirit, because he was a man of the Spirit. The Spirit of God, it says, was upon him. But on that day, the Holy Spirit prompted him, guided him, led him to the temple where he took in his arms, baby Jesus, and he knew. That's another thing. He knew. How? By the Holy Spirit. Listen, if you want to see your dreams come true, don't do it by your spirit. Or by a demonic spirit, but by the Holy Spirit. Amen. And he made his move and then the Spirit moved him. Or he made his move because the Spirit moved him. And that's what we want to do. We want to make our move in the Holy Spirit. Amen. We want to... We want to make the right move at the right time in the right way. And the only way that we can do that is full dependence upon the Holy Spirit who has a plan for our life. The Holy Spirit is not an impersonal force. Amen. The Holy Spirit is not an impersonal force, but the empowering presence of God who has come to guide us into all truth, concerning the will of God for our lives. So the Holy Spirit is with us. He's walking it out with us. And if we want to see the promise of God, we want to see the dream of God come to pass, we must be fully dependent upon the Holy Spirit. Look at what Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 says. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. If you'll let the Holy Spirit guide you, then you're going to get where God wants you to go. But if you're living your life in your own inclination, and not by the impressions of the Holy Spirit, it's going to really, you know, hold you down, hold you up. Amen. Verse 25, Galatians 5, 25 says, Then you won't be doing what you're, I'm sorry, since Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Come on, do I have some people living by the Holy Spirit? Amen. Every day of your life, know this, you're a a person of the Spirit. The Spirit of God lives in you. But he doesn't want to just live in you he wants to lead you so every day you got to be led by the holy spirit that's where you get to where you're going many years ago um, talking about dreams visions callings passions Julie and I were uh, youth pastors in Terre Haute Indiana and uh, I've shared this before but I want to share it again with you and I felt God was stirring us and I think Julie and I both felt we were being called to go into a a different level of ministry. And um, so I called the state overseer of our denomination and said, you know, we're open to things and, you know, to a move and, you know, just not knowing where to go, not knowing what to do. And um, he said, hey, he said, just so happens I've got a small church down in Jeffersonville, Indiana. It's just right across the river from Louisville, Kentucky. He said, it's a small church, but it's open, and maybe that's something that you and your wife would like to go and pastor, and you know, I had all these things on the inside of me, both Julie and I, we had these things in us, this calling, this desire to serve God and to go where God would want us to go, so we were still on staff at that other church, but we took our day off. It was on our day off, and uh, we thought we would drive a couple of hours down to Jeffersonville, Indiana. And uh, I you know I had been praying about it, God, if this is what you want, great, if this is not what you want, you know you've got to close the door don't don't let this thing happen. So Julie and I show up there that day down in Jeffersonville, and we were walking around that little brick church. It was a little i mean shotgun church, not very big, maybe about this was the seating right here, like it was a tiny little church, and uh Oh, and by the way, the overseer didn't bother to tell me that they called it the church where pastors go and die. And <laughs> it, had, it, it had been a struggling kind of difficult church and a lot of, you know, yeah. Guys walked out of there with their tail between their legs, so to speak. And so they didn't tell me that, you know. They left that little tidbit of information out. But anyway, Julie and I show up down there and we're walking around that church, and we're just looking at it. Go up around the back of the church, and there was a door back there. And I thought, I mean, what are the chances? I, you know, I just, you know, jimmy the door. So I just turned the handle and pulled the door, and it came, came open. And I knew, I knew in that very moment. I don't know if Julie felt the same way, but I remember. I have set before you an open door. This is it. See, that's the Holy Spirit showing up in your moments and saying, this is it. This is the door to the next part of where you're going and what I'm doing. i got to tell you, For the two and a half years we were there, those were some difficult years. But you know why? It wasn't the people. Because it's what God had to do in me. God had to do some work in me. had to do some trimming and some pruning. And man, when I came out of there, I felt like a little tiny stump. But it was a part of the dream. And then many years later, Butte, Montana became another phase. We came up here, set with a group of dedicated people who love Jesus, and we left here and we didn't know. We got the call and felt the prodding and the prompting of the Holy Spirit to come here. And I'm not saying that everything that I've dreamed of has happened, because it's not. But here's what I don't want to happen. I don't want the dream to die. I don't want it to die. I want the dream to live on. And God wants your dreams to live on too. Can you stand with me? Can I have the prayer people, if they would come? And prepare to pray for anyone if you have any kind of need. If you have any kind of need in your life, we would love the opportunity to pray with you about it. And so... You can come at any moment. You can come now if you'd like and just go to whoever you feel led, and I can pray with anybody as well. But um, can we just open up our hands to the Lord like this? And Jesus said, uh, Unless you have the faith of a child, you will not inherit the kingdom. So, Lord, here we are, childlike in our faith right now. Like kids on Christmas morning, so excited about the potential, the possibilities, the pleasures. Here we are, Lord. God, restore to us the dream, the vision, the desire. God, if we've given up, if we've let it die, Lord, I pray that you would so stir us that something just gets in on the inside of us. And you can do a new thing and a new work and you can revive. And re- That's why the word revival is in the Bible. Because you're a reviving God. You can make it happen. You can make it live again. Hallelujah. So here we are, Lord. Give us what you want us to have. And with our same hands lifted up, we just say, God, we give you all that we are just give you all that we are we love you Jesus to you be the glory and the honor we're so thankful that you saved us from our sins that you are the one that changed us and transformed us you deserve the glory and all the honor it's all for your glory in Jesus name we pray and everybody says amen amen God bless you guys have a great day see you Christmas Eve